I was listening to something this week while getting ready in the morning and uh, as per usual and, and I've talked about this guy many a times is John Maxwell and his podcast for whatever reason seems to always find me at the right time and usually finds me when I'm struggling with something and need kind of a oh yeah hey hey silly maybe you ought to think about that okay yeah that that would be uh, that would be a good situation and so uh, the uh, podcast that uh, I think just recently came out, I'm not sure what day, but the podcast is entitled, Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn. So he wrote a book on this by the same title. Um, this podcast kind of goes into, I think it's a synopsis of kind of the first three chapters. I've kind of taken his, um, the really cool thing about his podcast is they come with a worksheet. So these make things really easy. It's fill in the blank. I feel like I'm back in like second grade again, like doing English class. It's kind of a good win, you know, like, ooh, caught that one. Yep, uh, caught that one. Um, but uh, it, it does kind of allow for some note taking and some, some reflection, which is nice. So he starts out the podcast by referring to a Robert Schuler question. What would you attempt to do if you knew you wouldn't fail? And so one of the things as I, as I was listening to this is, you know, it, to me it's sometimes hard to find these situations because, you know, how many times we outright fail? You know, it's kind of hard to say that. Like I, I feel like you, you oftentimes associate failure with like a big project or a, a big happening. And so what I thought of is, okay, how can we twist the word failure to make it more more relatable to kind of what we do on a daily basis. And so I switched the word fail and changed that question into what would you attempt to do or how would you attempt to do something if you knew there wouldn't be a problem? So think about that. How many problems do we run into on a daily basis? A lot. A lot. I think every meeting I've had this week is associated around what could be considered a problem. And problem even kind of gets a negative term. It, it, depending on how you want to define it, it's an opportunity to get better. It's a, you know, it's a challenge. It's whatever these words can be, some carry a negative connotation, some a more positive one. But at the end of the day, regardless of what the word is, whether it's a failure, whether it's a problem, opportunity, challenge, whatever it is, we have an opportunity to react a certain way. And one of those ways uh, that, that is talked about in this podcast and is the title of it, sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. So regardless of what we call it, what can we learn from the situation? So you have a meeting, it's surrounding a problem, you've got it there. What if we started out the conversation of, we've got this problem, we've got this opportunity, what can we learn from what's already happened? What has happened? What, what, what has happened? Yes, someone may have done something wrong. Yes, someone could it could be anticipated that they're going to do something wrong, so we need to craft a solution around such things that they may do wrong. But at the end of the day, what can we learn? If someone's anticipated to do something wrong, well, what can we do as a leader to prevent that from happening? 
And maybe it's just not one of their strengths. Maybe the person involved in the situation, that they're just not good at that particular thing. You know, they're not good at the details and we really need this thing to be detailed. Okay, well, that's something that we just learned. We just uncovered that we can't craft this process or this procedure in this particular fashion because the person that's gonna have to carry that out isn't great at that. Okay, well, what are they good at? And then how can we craft that process around what they are good at? There's all kinds of different avenues to solve a problem. It's a matter of if we're going to take a step in the leadership direction and be open to solving that problem, or we're going to take a path of kind of the blame and, well, they're failing or we lost or, you know, whatever it may be. And that's not to say that everything has to be rainbows and butterflies either. We can get real about the situation. And I'll talk a little bit about that later because if there's anybody that's guilty of rainbows and butterflies, it's probably me, right? Um, and so this is one of the things where this podcast really hit me personally um, because that's something I have to work on. That's something that I have to learn about is that ultimate positivity is not always the solution to the problem. Just saying everything's gonna be okay, not always the solution. So I personally have to learn from each situation as to, well, how would that affect somebody else if I did that? And you would think I would learn because my five-year anniversary is coming up in October, and I've had someone tell me that on a daily basis for five years. So I am what we call a slow learner, but I am trying hard. So um, if any of you see my wife, let her know that I am trying. All joking aside, I, I think that there's a, a ton of stuff here that um, is just when we look really deep inside and we take ownership of, of what it is that, that we're doing to affect the situation, we can truly learn. And to me, that's the, that's the point of this entire talk is taking ownership for your own results, taking ownership for the problem. Even though you may not be involved, someone may have clearly done something that has disrupted your plan that should work and you know, 99% of people would say, yeah, that's a great plan. But for whatever reason, it didn't work. Well, what could you have done? It's not about taking blame. You don't have to blame yourself. It's just what could we learn from the situation, being open to a solution. He points out a quote from Emmett Fox. He says, the only real misfortune, the only real tragedy comes when we suffer without learning the lessons. Wasn't that true? I'm sure we can all think back to our uh, teenage years. We probably did something twice, maybe three times, before we finally got, uh, got the picture. Uh, I see some of you shaking your heads. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's like, maybe I shouldn't do that. That seems to be not real, uh, not real conducive to uh, creating a positive relationship with my parents. Um, but, uh, you know, live and learn. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, as it relates to what we do on a daily basis, it's what do we run into where lessons could be learned on a daily basis? Well, the cool thing about what a lot of our people, what two-thirds of our people do, is they get four opportunities. They get 
three opportunities a day to learn something. You know? You go on a different call each and every time. You get to get in your truck after a call and learn something. What happened? What went well? What didn't go so well? What could have went better? What did the customer do that really challenged me? What was I unprepared to handle? Oh, they came at me with this question and I really didn't have a great answer. I came up with something, but I could have probably come up with something better. So if a customer is to ask that question again, what would that look like? Because the minute that we deflect responsibility is the minute we are never going to learn anything. It's the minute that things are going to continue down that path that they just went down. Because you sitting in this room are in the minority of people out there, right? Most people, and when I say most, I'm going to guess that that percentage is up in the 90s of people who are going to continually deflect situations, continually blame someone else, something else, some other situation. We see that daily. Watch the news. It's frightening. And from a leadership perspective, as I turn to those of you that, that are managing people, it's even more tempting to blame those that we lead. Well, I told them that. We've went over this 14 times. Why don't they understand? What do you think is going to happen the 15th time? Probably going to do the same thing. If you have to tell someone to do something 14 times, you as the leader probably aren't telling them correctly. And when I say correctly, you just have to find a better way to communicate. And guess what? That's okay. But what if we found that after time one or two? What if we found that out very soon? What if we found that out before we even gave them direction? We understood how they take direction. We understood how they learn. That is what separates the great leaders from the average ones. Because the average ones will continue to cast people aside that just didn't get it. And I'm not saying that everybody is perfect and that you got the right person on your team. That's a whole other five-hour dissertation on selecting the right person. And sometimes you got to look to that piece, too. Because we've been guilty of that, too, where you select the wrong person and trying to get the right result is never going to happen. But at the end of the day, as I always say, no one showed up to do a bad job. Usually it's a result of us as a manager not bending far enough to their needs. Because if you look at your teams, you can probably point out that you know, you're going to have your top players. Well, you know that they're good. That's easy communication. You don't really need to say much. They get it. They're running off. They're self-motivated, all of that. You've got your middle ground that need a little bit of motivation, but you can connect with them pretty good. You can get them going. The key is, is get them going consistently, right? You get, they're, they're moving, but then they'll have an off day or they, you know, get in a slump or whatever it is. 
And so you, you've got to continually communicate with them. And then you've got your bottom. And your bottom is either ones that you're struggling to communicate with, but you may see the potential that they could be a high performer. They could be someone, they're motivated enough, we just haven't made the connection with them. And don't think that I'm saying this, again, as blame. It's all right to take complete ownership of the situation and decide someone just isn't going to be the right fit. That's okay. Because what you did is you took ownership over, I may have brought on the wrong person. I've tried everything I can, but it's just not going to, it's not going to work. And that's okay. That's fine. But that conversation should be open-ended on both ends to where you both know, I just, mm, this probably just didn't going to work. You know, they always say, no one should ever be surprised to be let go or fired. And I'm a firm believer in that. Because if that is, <clears throat> if that is true, then there's open communication on both sides. And sometimes things don't work out. That's perfectly fine. But it's about taking that responsibility. You know, I was listening to a um, uh, Nextstar coach uh, video uh, this morning on, on something that we're working on. And uh, Scott Brinkley talked about being a technician. And he went to, in true Scott Brinkley fashion, went to, it, like, you can find a mirror that's just like a regular mirror. But he put it on there as he went and got a makeup mirror and ripped off the padded part and put this mirror in his truck and you know he would look in the mirror after every call and ask himself what could I have done better and to me that is the essence of what we're talking about today the willingness to look yourself in the mirror and say what could I have done better where could I have improved and again I repeat probably for the third time it is not about blaming yourself because your willingness to get better automatically releases all blame from you. Because things are going to go wrong. Problems are going to arise. Things are going to happen. That's not to blame you. No one's blaming you. Ownership and blame are two completely different things. It's the willingness to get better. The willingness to take ownership. So John talks about the roadmap for learning. So this is a, like a, a real key, like fill in the blank spot. I excelled at this section um, entirely. So uh, really excited to talk about this one. Uh, he kind of rattled these off, and I was just you know going to town on these. So um, really, really good stuff here. But the roadmap for learning. So he lists out a bunch of words and 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 says how they relate to learning. So I'm going to read through these once, and then kind of go back and hit on on some of these. He says humility is the spirit of learning. Reality is the foundation of learning. Responsibility, what we've talked about a lot already, the first step of learning. Improvement, the focus of learning. Hope is the motivation of learning. Teachability, is the pathway of learning. We'll talk about that one a little bit more um, here in a second. Adversity is the catalyst for learning. 
problems, we've talked about that, the opportunities for learning. We know about problems. We know about change. Bad experiences, the perspective for learning. Change, oh boy, we're good at this. The price of learning. And maturity is the value of learning. So some really interesting stuff there. The one uh, that I want to touch on first is the first one we talked about, humility. Has anyone ever found that to be a weird word? But I also think it's one of the most powerful words because with humility is the understanding that we don't have all the answers and that we can learn something from every situation. I think that is one of the things that I have embraced and learned to grow extremely comfortable with is not having all the answers. Really leaning on others to answer my questions for me. Because if you've already done it, well, that would be kind of silly not to learn from you. I don't need to do it my own way. I'll just take it from these folks who figured it out. You know, that's always been for the last, I guess it's been six years, uh, actually last month, that we joined Nexstar. And I think back to, you know, and I talk to a lot of current members, and I can tell you their biggest hang-up is they don't want to do it their way. Even in the face of their way is not working great. Because it's change, right? It's different. Now what I can tell you is that, and some of you guys were uh, maybe here for this, probably, probably Lauren was, uh, and Rhonda were here for uh, the very beginning, but we are 100 and I don't even know what the percentage is, but it's a lot different than we were before. A lot. And I'm not just talking about like the size of the organization, I'm talking about like how we operate is 100% different. Hell, it's a lot different from last year. Maybe a lot different from six months ago. But all of that stems from humility. And I think this organization, I think the people within it, are never afraid to say, oh, well, maybe that is a better way. Or someone comes in with a really good idea. Hey, maybe we ought to try it this way. Okay, cool. You know, we had meetings earlier this week where we tried something, didn't work. Hey, yeah. Let's, let's change that back. It was working better before. Okay, well, hey, we tried it. May have tried to solve a few things. That's okay, no worries. It's not, uh, not the end of the world. We learned that that doesn't work and that that one works better. So we'll do that and you know what? There may come a time in the future when we stumble upon something else that we wanna try. And we may change it now we may learn from how we changed it the first time and we may pilot it, we may do it a little bit differently because then it'll be easier to change back if it doesn't work. So that's what we kind of learned from changing it. That's good, that's a good thing. But that's okay, that's, that's humility. Responsibility, the first step of learning. So we talked a, little, we talked a lot about this, you know, just taking responsibility taking ownership of those you lead's results. So if someone on your team is struggling, 
rather than blaming them for the struggle, what if you took ownership of the problem? You know what? By God, I'm going to help that person. We're going to sit down and we're going to gain perspective on what the issues are, where are the hurdles, where are the obstacles, and we're going to get better. And at that point in time, you're going to progress forward. And sometimes, and you guys can probably all attest to this, sometimes it's literally just having that conversation with the person and telling him you believe in him, that you can get better. I believe that we can work through this. And guess what? Oftentimes they'll figure it out themselves. Because the biggest roadblock that I see between people and the success that they want to achieve is right here. Right here. Nowhere else. It's not in the situation. It's not in the process. It's not in the environment. It's in their head. And oftentimes, when it's in your head, the best thing you can do is tell somebody that you believe in them. Tell somebody that you care. And that is truly taking responsibility for the problem. I know you have a problem, but I'm willing to help you fix it. I know that you have a chance to get a little bit better, and I'm here to help you. That is the true fun of leadership to be able to reach out a hand and help somebody. That's why we all signed up for this. Think about the times you were most proud or most excited about a result or something that happened. It's when someone on your team did a great job. It's when your team excelled. You're not going to look back and go, God, I am super excited about that great process that I just came up with. Like <laughs> it is just woo, blowing my mind. No, you're not going to do that. If you do, that's kind of weird. You're going to reach out when your team is doing good things. When you find that really great person who you connect with and they're excelling and they're doing awesome stuff and they move up in the organization and they're taking on new responsibility. It's when you help people. Technicians, when you're out in the field, what are those great calls? Those great calls are the great conversations that you had with a customer. Whether the result is no revenue or a lot of revenue, at the end of the day, a great call is a great call. A great call is when you build a relationship with somebody and they know that you're there to help them. That's a great call. That is the goal of every call to show up to someone's house and let them know that they are about to spend the best hour of their week with you, with a complete stranger, because you care. Teachability is the pathway of learning. So think about how open you are to learning. Are there certain areas where you're closed off? I know in my life there are. There are certain things that I like live and die by. And when you sit down and think about it, you're kind of like, it's kind of stupid, but there's no way that I'm going to admit that. Like that makes no sense, but by God, I'm proud. I have quite a few things in my life that I can think of right now that I will not be sharing with you guys uh, because I want to stay proud for a little bit longer. 
that are completely ludicrous. I mean, just absolutely, when you think about it, mm, that's a little rough, but you know what? That's me, right? That's who we depict our identity around. Problems are the opportunities for learning. So we talked about this. There's going to be problems today. But what are we going to learn from that? How are we as leaders going to take the upper hand and teach somebody something? Oftentimes, there's a, in our industry especially, there is a downward push of information. Comes from the office, goes to the text, text, you deal with it. Well, what if as a technician you took ownership of the problem and reported back, hey, we, we, we keep running into this, or hey, there's a situation here and I think we can make it better if we did it like this. What are your thoughts? Oftentimes what will happen is nothing will be said. and an excuse will be made. And it usually results in why I didn't do well on that call, why I didn't build a relationship with that customer. Well, they would have booked the call, right? And that goes both ways, from a technician and from the office. We've got to do a better job of asking you, what can we learn from this? What are you seeing out there? We thought this process would work, but there again, I'm not in your shoes every day standing in front of the customer. So would it be better, would communication flow easier if we did it a different way? Well, yeah, I really think if uh, we sent it like this and said this, I think based on the, or hey, let's try it out. Let's do it that way today and I'll, I'll give you the feedback on what, what works. And, to me, that is one of the hardest hurdles we have to overcome in our industry because there are very few industries where two-thirds of the staff is out in a van by themselves. And so that gap of communication, if we were all working in the same building, well, it would be a lot easier. Hey, I'm going to walk down to so-and-so. Well, no. For us, it's well, can you get him in at 7 a.m. tomorrow? Well, no, he's got another meeting. Uh, well, what about next week? Well, he's off next week. Well, what about the following week? Well, the following week they have training. Well, what about the following? That's a month away. How, how, so there again, we have to over-communicate on our end in order to get stuff done. We've got to be creative. We've got to be open to learning because problems are the opportunity for learning. Change is the price of learning. So if you've heard me talk and you've been around here a while, we do change a lot of things. And sometimes we'll change and we won't bring everybody in on the change. And that's something we're always working on. Find all the stakeholders in the problem. Who's it gonna affect? will affect this person, but we, oh shoot, yeah, I didn't really think about that. Okay, perfect. Well, let's dive into that, and then we'll move around to maybe making that change. And so I think we've learned a little bit by slowing down a little bit, 
don't get me wrong, I think speed and the velocity at which we move is our competitive advantage. But also is taking stock of how big is that change, what ramifications does it have across the company with there being so many people here now. Because oftentimes what happens is someone gets out of the loop and then they'll create another problem within that, within that change and then it's hard to track down if that change actually worked or it didn't. And so it's important to understand that learning is going to create excitement, but within that excitement, when you're changing, you have to be somewhat methodical. And so that's kind of that hard balance to find. And we're working on it every day, and we'll screw it up, undoubtedly. And I'm usually the ringleader of screwing it up. But you have to find certain things of ways to combat that. One thing I've started to do is list out why we're making a change. I did this the other day. And then list every department that we have and how would that affect them or what do they need to do. And then bringing those people of those departments into a room and saying, hey, I think this change would benefit this person. What do you think? Yeah, but this. Okay, let me write that one down. What about you? Okay, yep, I don't know that that's going to work. We're going to need this. Okay, perfect. Um, let me write that down. And then working through it. Because a simple change, like we've discussed a simple change this week. Well, we decided to put the brakes on it for a minute because we needed to investigate a certain pathway. Cool, that's great. Let's find out what, how, that, how that little change that seems super simple, like snap of the fingers, we can make that. And we know we can make it. We can make it right now. But we also know that it may have an ancillary effect on something else. Well, let's, let's discuss that. Let's figure out what that looks like and then move forward. We talked a little bit about teachability, the attitude of learning. He points out a quote in the podcast and says, I think this is a popular one, I've heard this before, is, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So I'm sure we've all been in situations where like, I'm ready, someone come and tell me the answer, like, where are you at, you know? And what they point out in this, as they're kind of reflecting on the, uh, on the podcast, is that oftentimes we are the student and the teacher. Think about how many problems on a daily basis you face and how many times if you reflect on that, you already know the answer. You already know how you should have reacted. You already know what you should have done, but you didn't. That's part of learning, right? And then making the conscious effort to, if that situation arises, again, I'm going to react differently. The most important skill to acquire is learning how to learn. That skill begins with a teachable attitude. Think about how open you are to learning. Think about how willing you are on a daily basis to say, I don't know something. 
to get out of your comfort zone. Because the comfort zone is that place where we know the answer to everything. The comfort zone is where we can blame someone else for something bad that happens rather than taking ownership. Ownership is not a comfortable spot. It is. It's, it's very uncomfortable to take ownership, especially of a situation that on the surface you had no part in creating. You did textbook one, two, three, four, you did all the steps and it didn't work. But it should have. Coming out of your comfort zone is looking back on your process and saying, you know what? What change could I have made that would have elicited a different result? As it relates to teachability, he pointed out something in here that I think is extremely important for our organization. I don't know how many years ago it was, but we have a huge chart out there. We have really embraced the DISC profile. And when I say embraced, like we have it on our, our name tags by our office, all of those things. And he points, they, they make this statement and I was like, oh my gosh, what, we have a lot to learn here. And he says, DISC or any of those personality profiles should enlighten, not define you. Any of those profiles should enlighten, not define you. How many of us have went around touting our DISC profile? Yeah, that's me. Thank you. I'm as guilty as anybody. I always say, yeah, we get some more C's in here. This place would really be doing something special. No, it wouldn't. It would be the most boring place ever. I know because I am one. We've been making lists for days. Never do anything. Never certainly have any fun. But, um, but I, I think that's important. It should enlighten us, not define us. So the disc, it's very easy to claim something as our identity, right? I mean, everybody's taken one of those tests and said, nailed me. <laughs> I don't know how I answered 10 questions. It pointed out exactly who I was, like to a T. Like, yep, do that. Yep, not good at that. But what if we allowed that to enlighten us? What if we looked at all the parts of the DISC profile or whatever profile test it is, and we said, these are the things I have to be careful of. These are the things that are probably going to present the learning opportunities to me. Like for me, yeah, I'm a C. I don't need to learn how to take a list. I don't need to go around touting that because everybody's going to look at me like, yeah, don't do that. Thanks. Appreciate you saying that. Great. Good for you, man. Awesome. Keep trucking. Like, but what if I allowed that to, in my case, okay, I process things like this, but the group that I'm about to go in process things like this. What if we allowed the things that we claim as those identifiers of our own personality? What if we looked at those, rather than taking pride in them, looked at them as, ooh, someone else may not, 
may not dig that. That may not, may not work for others. My style may not work. Because leadership is about bending our personality. It's about understanding how our personality affects others. Because at the end of the day, as Maxwell says, leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. It's very difficult to influence somebody if you're coming at them with a personality style that they're going to have trouble accepting. To me, that was one of the more enlightening things that I found in this podcast. You know, the two other things, I told you at the beginning I would talk a little bit about myself and some of the things that I have learned about myself through this. And one of the things that they talked about in here was passion and, so, and how sometimes that passion for things can come across as discontent or, you know, I get super passionate about, like, things being simple. Like, it, it, I've told top tech students, you know, Brett's been there, uh, first day, this is the simplest business on the face of the earth. If it becomes complicated, you're doing it wrong. Is that true? Would everyone agree with that? Probably. It's a simple business about taking care of customers. Are there complicated parts of it? Yeah. But we figure that out. It is simple. But what I learned is that my passion for the simplicity of things, while everyone may agree, me harping on that can come across as you can't figure this out and it's so damn simple. And that's something I've got to watch out for. Because it's not that I'm discontent at that person for not figuring it out. I'm just so passionate because there's such an opportunity because it's so simple. But what I've got to learn to do is back that off because that's my disc profile. Like when I latch on to something, like I'm going 110 at it all the way. But that passion, which is good intention, like I just want to help and I want to get this thing going and I want to do this and change this and we're going to figure it out and we're going to be awesome and this is going to be great and everybody's going to succeed. Well, like sometimes others need time to process. Sometimes others need to take a step back because they're looking at a bunch of different things. So what I have to do as a leader is understand where that comes off at, where that comes off wrong. While it may be a simple process, and if I just said, do you think this is pretty simple? You'd probably say, yeah. But when I start raising my voice and getting all happy and, you know, this is going to be great, then you're like, okay, settle down. Like, I've still got to take care of 14 other things that are, that are going to make this process simple. Like, yes, simple, but we've also got to get 300 people to be on board with this thing. Well, I don't look at that because, well, I just kind of come up with the ideas and throw them at people. Technically, part of my job, yes, but understanding where my passion comes in is critical for my leadership, I think. The other one that I talked about a little bit earlier is the positivity. So this kind of goes along with, with the passion. So as I said, my wife has been my biggest um, uh, reminder of this on a daily basis because 
I wake up every morning and by God, we can take on the world. Uh, and it is, uh, it comes in handy sometimes, but it can also come across as like, you are so far removed from like what is actually going on here. Or like, I don't take into consideration everyone's feelings. There again, that's great that I want to go run through that brick wall and take everybody down. And if you guys just follow me, this will be awesome. It's a great attitude to have. Everybody probably needs one on their team, but everyone also probably needs one to everyone, that person to shut up every once in a while. And so for me, that is where I have oftentimes found myself in a room like, why is that everybody getting so excited? This is great. It's awesome. Everything's roses. Don't you guys see it? Well, yeah, they may see it, but it's what questions can I ask? How can I reach out to them to understand how they feel about the situation and be okay with that? Because if they're frustrated about it, because they're thinking about what they have to do, that's okay. That's perfectly fine. And I have to be more accepting of that. I've got to be in a place where I can say, yes, there's a positive side to this. And yes, they're following me, so I would assume that they agree with that to a certain extent. But they're also responsibility for carrying this out. So for me, positivity and passion, while I view them as my character strengths, much like you may view your character strengths depending on your disc profile, or maybe you have some passion, or maybe you're really detailed, or maybe you're really good at having those conversations that really dig into pe how people are feeling and like they really connect with you. Whatever are your strengths, understand that your strengths are not always strengths to others. Does it take different elements to make a team go? 100%. We, all, we need all of the disc profiles on our team to make this thing go. But we have to understand where our strengths, while we may be thinking we're exercising this to the fullest, like I, you know, my strength is getting stuff done. I'm just going to roll over and just run by everybody and this will be great. Well, that's awesome, except for if the people that you're trying to lead don't feel that way, well then there's going to be some conflict. There's going to be some issues. So understanding where to exercise that strength, yet circle back around and understand how others may process that information, I think is extremely critical to leadership. And one of the things as it relates to this talk that I'm learning every day. I'm not perfect at it. I may be really far from perfect. But for me, listening to this podcast really opened my eyes, really allowed me to relate to situations I've had this week, situations I've had in the past, probably situations that I'll have in the future where I have to be cognizant of that. I can get super duper excited, maybe keep that in my office, shut the door, get super duper excited, and then start to process how everybody on my team that's going to have to carry this super duper exciting process out 
is going to react and or process my super duper excitement. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are few. For me, that is a quote that I feel like really kind of encapsulates what we've talked about today. Just because you're a leader doesn't mean you're the expert. Just because you're in a leadership role doesn't mean you're the expert. What if you took a beginner's mindset to the person that just started? What could you learn from them? Now, obviously, they have a lot to learn about our stuff. Okay. But what could you learn from them that may help somebody else or may uncover something where you could help them? The biggest thing in learning <clears throat> is putting others before yourself. That is when we truly open up that learning muscle and allow it to work. And that's leadership, service to others. It's about understanding how they think, how they act, what help they need, what I could have done better to help them. Are you going to run into situations where you do the, literally everything under the sun for this particular person and it just doesn't work? Yeah, it's going to happen. We've all been there. But it's knowing that I gave it my all to help them. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Because you tried what you knew how to try. And getting to that breakup point where I tried everything I did, what could I have done even a little bit better? Or if I run into that person again, what will I do? Or what qualities did that person exhibit that I need to make sure that I may not hire for? in the future? Or what questions could I ask to uncover if maybe they're going to have that same roadblock as that person that it just didn't work out with? Again, learning is going to have times when you don't know what the answer is. But I can tell you, I have always been able to find the answer, even in situations that didn't seem anywhere remotely my fault or things just happened. Let's face it, stuff happens in life. There are so many opportunities to learn. And today is a great day to learn. And everything that you learn will ultimately help you grow.